Coach Edge for the round four review and round five preview. Well, the uh, the Dacos Dynamo set the tone mm-hmm. early for the round, punching out a 151 in an emphatic fashion. But the highs were met with lows for those who own Doherty, leaving us all asking, What's up, Doc? <laughs> Jordan Dawson brought his own footy to the clash with Frio, whilst Longmuir somehow thought it'd be probably more effective tagging Rory squared instead of him. And the margin of performance from the Crows captain reflected why that was just simply a dumb move. So take note, future opposition coaches. Bont, meanwhile, was on track for a blinder until the speed hump known as Bevo tried to, well, Bevo him by throwing him forward at stages. But he must have had English as his captain instead who punched out a 145. So at least Bevo's happy. Grundy was uh, the other ruck who feasted dining out on the Eagles' non-existent ruck setup with a score of 144, while Sean Darcy continued, Hodadoring for owners who kept the faith in the big oaf. But it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows in the ruck department, however, with Wits deserting 16% of his owners after being a late out due to soreness. Oh, and to top things off, Nank the Tank has been ruled out with a syndesmosis injury against the dogs that uh, requires surgery. So he's going to be out from the medium to long term, to quote uh, Neil Baum. And amongst it all, we had cash cows mooing and others in line for culling. We cover it all. That and more in today's episode as I welcome in my usual trusty sidekick in Liam. How are you? Oh, I'm good. What a big week. I yeah. didn't realize yeah. how much stuff actually big. happened. I know it's always big, but Dawson, I mean, Jordan Dawson had, as you said, brought his own footy. You don't tag him. And that's what yeah. happens. So dumb. So dumb. But any case, uh, let's uh, get into it. But before we do, we're going to give you where you can find us on socials for the latest news, post-match Supercoach scores, and a meme or two. Uh, and you can do so via Twitter at, at Supercoach underscore Edge, Damon at DemoJ88, myself at, at Liam Evans underscore 95. And search Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok uh, for Supercoach Edge, and that's that's where we'll be. Yes, and I uh, should mention as well, uh, thank you to the uh, the two lads at uh, the Centre Bounce, the Centre Bounce crew who uh, invited us across yes. to their channel. So be sure to check it out, sub to their channel, uh, check out their stuff, uh, funny blokes as well, uh, and great blokes great at that. Time. So um, really, really good fun. Um, yeah, And really uh, hopeful fun. to do it all again. But um, Liam, shall we kick it off? Yes, uh, let's uh, let's kick it off with a look at uh, some of the highlights and the lowlights, which there were many, uh, from the round in the good, the bad, and the ugly. So for those new to our show in the good, the bad, and the ugly, we roll through some of the notable and more forgettable performances across the round and touch on how our own teams performed in our head-to-head rivalry as we wrestle for ultimate supremacy. Yeah, less of a wrestle this year, I think. Uh, <laughs> it's more of a just me meekly... Maybe a thumb wrestle? Yeah, I'm just hiding in the corner. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's jump into the good, though. The good, the rucks, they're finally firing for us. Team English, Woo! 145. Brody Grundy, 144. Sean Darcy, 125. That's what we want to see from our R1s. Thank you very much. Amazing. Amazing. Very nice to see him. And in terms of the bad, well, this guy here. Uh, I luckily traded him out 
uh, begrudgingly because I wanted to stick fat. I wanted to be stubborn, but it is Sam Doherty, and I was thankful that I did so, uh, unfortunately, being a baggers man as well. But where has the role gone? Why aren't you Sam Lockerty anymore? Why? Unfortunately for your owners who have stuck fat, the role hasn't helped him increase his scoring. And it may be time to say, like I did on the weekend, but um, we'll get into him a little bit uh, later on in a bit more detail. Yeah. Luckily, we didn't throw the key away for that lock. (laughs) Yes. Unlock it and get him out of our sides. Uh, That's why you don't drive into the middle of the sea and chuck out out the key. (laughs) You don't save up your pennies in order to buy a yacht, in order to sail out to the middle of the sea to throw the... And then you'll need a scuba diving license and scuba diving gear in order to go down and find it. Otherwise, you're stuffed. Although you can just use bolt cutters, I guess. That's probably an easy way to do it. Mm. Good point. Good point. (laughs) Uh, But now let's look at the ugly and... Double header here, the rocks. The Ooh, feature yes. here is the ugly as well, with Jared Witts, as we mentioned, a late out against the Saints, leaving uh many coaches high and dry and scrambling to cover him. But we also had Rowan Marshall scoring just 96, despite being up against a, a debutante in the ruck, if I remember yeah. correctly. Uh he right. was subbed. Um, what's his name? Moyle. Uh, Moyle. Moyle. Yeah. I I know we I know I know he was subbed to keep him fresh, but come on, Ross. Do the owners yeah. a favor. Keep him in. Keep him in. Yeah. And on top of that, we've seen another Ruckman go down with injury with Nank, the tank out with syndesmosis requiring surgery. It's not it's not looking good. Similar to last year, actually. We had a lot of issues with the Rucks last year with injuries. Yeah, we did. I don't know. Something to it. What are they doing? Are they just putting too much work into their legs during the preseason? What are you doing, coaches? Because you're ruining yes. ruining us super coaches. And we are the, the super of the coaches. So um, look out for us a bit more. Um, but let's get into our teams in a little bit more detail. Um, yep. My team scored 2,115. And ranking-wise, well, I think I was just a little smidge above par because I only went up, and I say only uh, in perspective here, because I went up 4,082 spots. But I still sit in the 30,000 range, 32,817. So... Really annoying, and I thought I was going to make a little bit more of a jump, but it wasn't to be. So I'm just uh, just chipping away, just just with a, a chisel, just chipping away ever so slowly. I'll get there. I'll get to the other side. Um, but in terms of my trade plans, you might have seen them already heading into round four in uh, my Team Talk mini episode, which for those who haven't seen it, is a new weekly mini app that yourself, Liam, and I are yep. releasing alongside these usual weekly episodes as YouTube exclusive Eve Eves. So it gives an insight into our trading strategies with our own team. So if you're keen for more content, feel free to go and check that out. So we, I think we'll try and drop them around about the day after maybe because it's really, really hard because of the tight turnarounds with rounds at the moment. Um, but last week I was able to release it on the Wednesday or Thursday. I think it was the Wednesday, uh, the day before the round kicking off. So um, yeah, look out for that for uh, some additional content, just some bonus stuff. So if you're listening to us on the podcast, another reason to jump across to YouTube, subscribe, check us out, and just eat up extra content. Just gobble it up. But in that specific episode, I detailed how I was biting the bullet and used Doc as my ticket to LDU that I identified as a must-have. It saw um, me taking a little bit more of a risk as I still had a bit of faith left in Doc, but it turned out to be an inspired <laughs> move in the end. So um, good work, past, past Damo. Good work. Yeah. And my other move was uh, downgrading Ridley to Will Day. The Riddler, I guess, I wasn't fulfilling the piggish defensive role I thought he would. 
and the downgrade gave me a handy 90k or thereabouts, but also a mid-pricer I rate highly in Will Day. And I mentioned how 2023 might have been a season too early for him to break out in my eyes, but with his favorable role in the middle and decent scoring uh, thus far, he should give me similar output to Ridley at a handy discount and provide flexibility as well once he gets the that defensive midfielder DPP eligibility. And the longer term, uh, in terms of that, the cash will help me target Stewart this week as a trade-in target. So um, super happy with that and where it's uh, where it's got me headed. And I could go into greater detail about my team in terms of who disappointed, who didn't, who did well. But I'll reserve that uh, for this week's um, edition of that mini episode of Team Talk. And uh, I won't waste any more valuable minutes in this episode by doing so. So as I said, if you're keen to hear more of my thoughts and yours, Liam, as well, in your mini uh, Team Talk episode around our trading strategy and how we put our multi-week trading plans into action, tune in via YouTube because it is always good as well. Like we speak about projecting forward, um, but in order to see it in action, probably gives a little bit more context as to what we're saying. So you can check that out. Yep. Sounds good. I'm excited to, uh, to jump on the, jump on the wagon and, and get into those as well. I'm going to keep this one short because I don't want to talk about my team too much. <laughs> uh, if I'm entirely honest, uh, score of 2044 for the round. Not great. Uh, ranking 56,569th. There's a lot of fives and sixes in that, uh, <laughs> which saw me go down 5,457 5, spots, which I am not happy about. And I feel like I'm at a crossroads and I'm going to have to make a choice here. I can either go aggressive or I guess not necessarily defensive, but sort of just maintain what I would normally do. And you know what? I'm going to go down swinging. I like to be aggressive. Well, I yes. don't like to be aggressive, but I'm going to be aggressive. Um, and hopefully I'll I'll land a few punches and, and rise up the rankings very, very soon. Um, this week I made the two trades. Uh, I turfed out Callahan, brought in Will Phillips, and I uh, I bid adieu to, to the Riddler uh, for, for James Sicily. Fucking... Mm. Uh, <laughs> what was that, Liam? Did you did you uh, like cough there or burp or yeah, I just cough something? there? Cough oh, that's there. what it was. Oh, uh, those <laughs> Sense- YouTube censorship. We said nothing of the kind that what your algorithms and what your little bots are picking up. No, nothing. <laughs> no, got nothing said. at all. Nothing got said. No, exactly. Tr- truck him. Truck him. Yeah. Uh, these <laughs> these trades cost me. <laughs> oh, these trades cost me points yet again. Another week in a row. Uh, but I did need to be more aggressive in my trading strategy. Um, I I was tossing up between Doc and Ridley. Ridley, I just didn't like the role, even with, and we'll talk about this a bit later with BZT back. Um, I thought he'd go back to that third intercept, sort of third tall who could play the intercept role. Um, yeah, I don't think it really happened. I wanted to get rid of Doc, but I kind of just thought, you know what, I'm going to give him another week. Um, which I shouldn't have. Uh, so zigging when I should have zagged. And the same thing with James Sicily. I was considering Will Day, uh, but at the last minute decided, or not the last minute, but the the day of decided that I would change it to to either Stewart or Sicily. So luckily I didn't go the Stewart path. I did go Sicily, uh, but I could have gone Day and could have been much, much happier. You could, you could say that it's, it was, uh, was maybe your D-Day. I'm sorry. I could say that. I could say that. <laughs> it gonna... was Judgment Day. Yeah! 
I'm going to leave that one alone. Uh, but <laughs> now, I do need you're, to. Now you're calling in a mayday. Yeah! Okay, I'm going to stop. I'm, I'm not sorry. bringing May in. No, May is, <laughs> May is firmly out of my side. <laughs> oh, but, uh, yeah, so, yeah, again, these trades cost me points. Um but I do need to be aggressive and and that's what you'll probably see in the next couple of weeks is I'm going to try and take a less safe approach um, and hopefully struggle to get myself up off the canvas, but uh, see what happens. We'll see what happens. I don't want to play it safe and, um, and yeah, just sort of wither away at 50,000 for the rest of the year. But uh, let's have a look at our, our head to head, Damon. I don't yes. want to, but we can. Okay, I'll. I'll uh, do you want? Do you want to go through it, or do you yeah, want, uh... I'll just go through it. Okay, uh, you've got the three wins. Uh, I've got the one. So you sit on top of the ladder, two wins clear, which is nice, and you have a point differential of one forty nine in your favor. Ah, yeah. about it, it is. It is what it is. That's uh, nice that's virtually what it is. It's uh, it's it's nice. It's nice it's at the sunny. top so far, but eh, it's a bit, a bit, a bit <laughs> of a cloud cover. Um, but I'm looking to clear the cloud. Um, I think being 32,000, whatever I am. Yeah, at the it moment, still feels flat, isn't it? I still feel, I feel as flat as attack still, yeah. even though like I'm ahead of you. So I am still, ta- I'm taking a similar approach to you. I think it's like, well, what do you have to lose? Um, mm. Might as well take some risks here and there, which is what I did with trading at Doherty, which now upon reflection, people are like, that wasn't a risk. It's like, oh, it probably was because I thought he was going to have an absolute blinder against North. And then with Will Day, Trading in a mid price, probably which I would normally do, but yeah. Yeah, the day trade in was probably more the risk, I'd say. Mm. As opposed but, to the um, dock trade out. Yeah, but um anyway, we'll uh we'll delve into more of that, I guess, more discussion in our individual team talk mini episode. So look out for that. But uh now with the first round of price changes and some injuries and underperformers uh rearing their heads, it's time to talk about trades in mm. the prices right. Show me the money. Yes, for those tuning in for the first time, The Price is Right is the segment where we discuss potential trades and trade targets from week to week, uh, or whether a specific player under question should even be traded at all. Uh, so first up, let's go into going, going, gone. And these are guys that just need to be moved on at this stage. Uh, and first up, we have... Toby Nankervis, Nank the Tank, uh, 563.5K, averaging 112.8 with a break-even of 102. And while he has had a very solid start to the season, the Ruck curse has now extended. And it includes Nank the Tank with uh, Richmond announcing he has suffered a syndesmosis injury during the game against the Dogs. And he will unfortunately require surgery, which will keep him out for the medium term, which, uh, I mean, you'd expect to be four plus weeks at a minimum if he's having surgery. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's going to be, more, yeah, you think? yeah, it could be more, especially as a Ruckman, I guess as well. Um, more sort of, I guess, weight bearing, weight, yeah. weight bearing. Yeah. And, and the, the jump as well um, in that position. Uh, so top options to replace him would include obviously the inform English and the solo Ruck in Brody Grundy. And uh, just quickly on that, we, Probably won't touch on him too much this episode, but Grundy has a break-even of 23 and faces Essendon and then Richmond after that, which could be a one-out against Samson Ryan. So things are looking up for Grundy, I have to say. Yeah, could be cashing in on uh, yeah. Grundy twice over in terms of uh, Nank to Grundy and then Grundy cashes in on the fact that uh, Nank's no longer there. So it's a bit yeah. of a um, bit of a roundabout way. Um 
Yeah, but uh, if I was in that position, I think I'd be looking very closely at Grundy. But yeah, gee whiz, it's hard to uh, ignore the form of English. Surely he's going to come undone. He's going to cast. Hopefully he doesn't for his sake, but gets injured, as is always mm. the case. But uh, it's hard. It's hard to see, especially for wits owners as well. Gee whiz. But um, let's move on to the next going, going, gone candidate. And this guy is going, going, gone because he's out for a fair while. It is Campbell Campbell Chesser of the Eagles and he's priced at 132.1K. He's averaged uh, at not 29.7 with a break even of seven. So if you did miss the news last week or had other immediate issues in your team to rectify, Chesser is probably one you should consider fixing up now. Yeah. The Eagles have set his time frame for a turn. He's still TBC after injuring his knee. So will firmly be a correction trade with a sideways trade, perhaps to a rookie such as JVR, uh, Van Ruin of the D's via DPP, the easiest to do. The silver lining is actually that he could be back uh, as a late season downgrade option down the track. Mm. So it could bode well for us um, during the time when uh, there's no other rookies on the horizon and we're trying to down trade to, uh, to rookies that aren't even there. So could work well for us down the track, perhaps. Yes. Not much to say about him really. Um, yep. Just yeah, get him out. Um, get him out if if you have him and you're holding him. Um, easy, easy option for yeah, JVR. Uh, now let's move on to on the chopping block. And now these are guys that you don't have to trade. I want to say, like they're not they're, they're obvious. Yeah, they're they're not they're not like the last two where you know they're injured. Um, it's time to get them out. These are guys that you can probably hold if you want to, but also equally trade them out. And the first one is Sam Doherty. And we all know what we think about him at this stage in terms of whether you should trade or not trade. Uh, but he is 525.5K, averaging 84.8 with a break even of 143. And he has struggled to start the season with a, just a 71 against North, adding to his poultry 108, 73, and 87. He had bulk disposal numbers last week against the Giants, but was let down by poor disposal efficiency. But this week it was evident that his role is probably the biggest worry. He played small stints in the middle, which disrupted his scoring, where we would otherwise have thought it would be actually benefit him, as you know we saw with the likes of Dawson. Um, but it actually meant that Saad virtually absorbed the role he had you know, running through the back line full-time. Uh, so the return of Sam Walsh might mean Doc does return to his traditional role, sharing it alongside Saad, but we can't be sure. And with Gov injured on the weekend, it could mean one less accumulator in defense. He has bled cash and could continue to do so if his scoring doesn't turn around. I mean, his break-even's 143. So he's already, I don't know what he's down. He's probably down 75K-ish at this stage. Uh, yeah, just a quick squeeze. He is down so close, 78.1K at the moment. Went down yeah. 42.8 on the weekend. Yeah, and you'd expect even with a decent score of 100, like he's going to be going down yeah. 25.8K if he uh, scores 86, according to Supercoach yeah. Plus. So, so you'd think around about 20K at the very most if he scores around about 100. Mm. Yeah, so even if he does show signs, like I'm not against trading him out and then trading him back in later in the season as, you know, a last last upgrade if you need to. Um but he's one that you probably do need to think long and hard about. I'm going to be moving him on personally. You've moved him on. Uh, I think it's probably time to just, just yeah, cut our losses with Sam Doherty. Yep, totally agree there. Uh, look elsewhere at this stage because he isn't the uh, Sam Lockerty that we were calling him uh, in the preseason, unfortunately. Um, but 
And also, it gives an opportunity as well. If you trade him out, wait and see. And just be prepared to use, as you said, a trade on him potentially. Because if he does elevate himself to becoming a keeper yet again, um, you'd be stupid not to bring him back into your team. Because I think it is role-dependent. It's nothing to do with him being out of form. As we saw, he had, what, 39 disposals against the Giants. Um, Again, that was a low disposal efficiency game across the board for both teams. Um, But I think, yeah, the... uh, the arrival of the one, the only Samuel Walsh, uh, the absolute god that he is. I think he's going to pay dividends for um, making sure that Doc goes back to his traditional role. And I do think, as a baggers man, that perhaps there isn't going to be as much reliance upon Saad because I think having both of those two guys at the height of their powers provides a bit of, mm-hmm. um, uh, what do you call it, unpredictability uh, yeah. coming out of defense. So I reckon it's a benefit for Carlton to be splitting the one role across two plays, but let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. I'm not the coach, so see what happens. <laughs> but no, um, this enough. next guy, Liam, um, I might actually pass it on to you, maybe. Is it uh, is it too harsh in doing so? No, it's fair enough. You, I'm uh, happy to Jordan, talk about it. Jordan Ridley, you are a uh, Don's man, and yeah. you can probably speak more to him. I traded him uh, as well on the weekend, out of the sight. Yep. Um, what can you say about this man? I traded him as well, but I probably zigged when I should have zagged and traded Doherty first. Uh, but I didn't. I wanted to give Doherty one more chance. Um, I was a bit harsher on my boy in the Riddler. Uh, he is priced at 483.2K. He's averaging 90.3 with a break-even of 93. And I think he scored 88 on the weekend off memory. Um, yep. uh, so, yeah, I guess right around that average and right around that break-even as well. So the key concern for me with Ridders is probably the role just not looking good enough. Um, Essendon's got just, I guess, looking at it more widely, has an undersized backline, um, but it's seen the team share a bit more in the load of, I guess, intercepting and covering opponents. So they're not they're not necessarily um, as strict, I guess, um, on yep. matchups um, as such. So you, you do see, you know, Redmond getting more intercepts. And on the weekend, I actually thought that Zerk Thatcher being back in the side may benefit Ridley a bit more. He'd become the third sort of tall. He'd be released to be the third tall, the interceptor. Um, but Ridley only had the four intercepts. Um, and so the role we wanted, which is the role we wanted to be playing, but it just didn't eventuate. And I think Ridley, I think I think he was probably the lowest of the, the Essendon back line in terms of Redmond, uh, BZT, Ridley and... Jake Kelly, I think he was probably the lowest of the intercepts as well, um, which is concerning. Um, you could probably hold him. He's not going to lose cash. You wouldn't think his sort of break-even is around what he's been scoring. Um, it may have been a down game, potentially, just with the four intercepts, but I just don't think the role looks looks solidified anymore to me. Um, and it's a it's a big concern, to be honest. Yep. Yeah, He uh, there's a reason why he's out of my side, and I don't think he's going to be a top six and much like yourself, Liam, yeah. is the reason why we traded him out. Not going to be a top six backman. And at uh, this stage, you you need to be correcting whilst you can before they bleed too much cash. Yeah. Um. So he fits that bill entirely. But uh, moving on to another guy so just, who... Just, you, sorry, just oh, quickly sorry. on that. If you do have Sam Doherty and Jordan Ridley and you don't want to trade both out this week, Doherty is the one that I would trade out first. Yep. Um, yep. He's got more to lose in terms of cash. I think Ridley should make his break even or be very, very close to it. So... Yep. Yeah, so I just just wanted to clarify that if anyone yep, had no, that question. Very good point because that was the dilemma that you were in uh, yourself. So I yeah. I just tried to both out the one goal. It's like you know what I'm going to do both. That'll uh, that'll save me any choice 
Um, but yeah, like when the break-even is almost lined up with the average, um, there's enough indication there to say that he could rent about meet it. And if he does drop in cash, it'll only be a little bit. So um, yep. enough shorty there. But uh, let's move on to James Warple. And he's priced at 349.6K, averaging a 79. And he's got a break-even of 80. And uh, just quickly looking at... So he went up 11.5K on the weekend. <laughs> Um, but again, like I just mentioned, his break even is now above his average uh, by one point. But um, that is part of the reason why he's in this bracket. So he scored 76 against the Cats, despite a horrendous day disposal efficiency wise. And we always talk about this, and it's for good reason because in this game today, how bad was it? A, if it was horrendous for him. Well, he had a 44% disposal efficiency. 44%. Jesus. So absolutely horrendous and he ended up having eight in disposals so less than half of those were effective um not good at all uh he exceeded his break even this week uh thankfully but his cash generation is puttering out with as i said that break even virtually on par with his average as a mid pricer he just hasn't quite hit the heights that uh, some of the owners would have hoped so might be one considering upgrading or alternatively downgrading for money to upgrade elsewhere. Yeah. Say if you need a Stuart, for example, and you can't do a DPP swing, um, he is one that you can really bank and cash in on um, because, yeah, I mean, the Hawks lost. They're going to have a few losses across the journey, obviously, across the course of this year. But as we spoke about last year, as we've spoken about all the time when it comes to Warple, there may come a time when he becomes expendable if there's yeah. someone in the VFL in a similar position uh, that is pushing for selection. So, Keep that in mind. Uh, he might be all right in the short term, but um, yeah, he is one to be very, very weary of. But I think aside from all that, even if he does keep his, his spot, he's just not punching out the scores that you want as a mid-pricer and he's stopped his cash during. So uh, you've made as much bank as you can out of him, which unfortunately is only 40.3K at the moment. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's going to take a big, big score in order to kick start that cash gen again. Yes, and I'm just very quickly looking at the CBAs, and he is well down on his round one CBAs. He had 77 in round one. Round two, he had 54. Uh, round three, he had 57, and 57%. I haven't got round four just yet in front of me. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, it looks like Will Day has really come in and taken a bit of his sort of Sorry, his uh, CBA count. Um, I would not be shocked if I looked at it again and saw that. And Connor Nash as well, um, seeing a bit of a rise there. So I think the role for Warple is not looking as good. And, and you're right in just saying that he could be one that is expendable as well. Yep. Um, I'd be moving him on if you if you have him. Uh, moving on to Liam Jones, 260.6K, averaging 48.5 with a break-even of 36. And he has scored a 45 and has gone up in price. But his days are absolutely numbered for those owners that still have him uh, with his break-even climbing and the need for a consistent defensive scorers and as upgrade season starts to kick off. It could be one you wait a week on as you could trade him to a forward rookie next week once you're able to swing, you know, Jay-Z or Sheasel into defense. Uh, but signs suggest he just won't make as much more cash longer term unless he puts in a blind to kickstart his cash gen again. Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't have him. I don't have him anymore. So I actually oh, forgot about him if, um, if I'm <laughs> honest. Um, but <laughs> sure I, have. I wish I could. Do yeah. This yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I've got him in my side and uh, I'm just thankful that he's gone up 
what, 32.5K or whatever it is. Yeah, 32.5K overall um, and 24.3 of which was on the weekend. Um, but I think that score is probably around about the mark of what we're going to expect. Um, again, just reminding everyone, it's probably no uh, no secret. He's a key position defender and he didn't get bulk possessions on the weekend. He had a few nice spoils, which is where he got a bulk of his points. He only had seven disposals, three marks. Again, it wasn't it was his lowest uh, game for marks overall, not like the uh, the fest that he had against St Kilda. So it is pretty much matchup based, I think. Uh, St Kilda do concede quite a few points to defenders, hence the reason why he had 12, 12 disposals and nine marks. Um, so he faces Port Adelaide on this weekend. I'm not too sure how they structure up, but regardless, I think yes, you could maybe hold maybe one week more uh, if you can't afford to to swing any DPPs in order to switch him as a downgrade to a midfielder um, and swinging like a Constable or a Chesser or someone of that kind back. Um, But yeah, I'll be looking to trade him out and look to trade him out over the next couple of weeks at minimum. But uh, if you can afford to do so, I'd be looking to do it now. Yep. Yes, yes, yes. David, what are your thoughts on Mateus Filippo? Yes, uh, Mateus. So I still have him. Have you got him in your side? Yeah. Yeah, so... I was considering him as an option, as you would have seen in my uh, Demos Trade Talk mini episode. I was considering him as an option to trade down uh, to a rookie go early on uh, JVR. Didn't end up doing that because it would have required a boost. Thankful I didn't because he made a little bit more bank on the weekend, which was uh, handy to to have. But if you do need to trade someone in order to fund a trade, the poo, as I affectionately call him, may be that man with his break-even creeping higher. So he is priced at 231.200, averaging a 61.8, and his break-even has crept up into the positives now at 20. Um, he made 23.5K yeah. on the weekend. Overall, he's gone up 64.4K, so a t- little touch under the uh, 100K minimum mark that we like to have for uh, training in rookies. But, I mean, if he maintains his average, he could make... 40k over the next three weeks but as that shows it could be a slow burn if he doesn't have a big score uh to to really kick start that cash gen which could happen as we saw in uh, i think it was round one he had that nice score 76 which if he has a game like that yeah, easy way to kick start that, exactly. that cash gen yeah so again it's probably in the bracket similar to uh, liam jones if i need to downgrade someone in order to make a little bit of bank if you're going to jump on someone like a jvr um, because rookies are looking quite uh, scarce at the moment in, so in terms of down trade options. Um, he is a definite candidate. What about you? Yeah. What, are you what are your thoughts? No, I agree. He was one that was sort of one that I, again, considering this week, if I need to downgrade, he's, he's an option. And now, especially with Fergus Green having scored that 73, he's mm. right back into, like, it's, it's the same example. He's now kick-started his catch gen again because he's got a 73 in his cycle. That'll be in his cycle for the next, what, three weeks, two yep. weeks. Um, and he'll, what, his break even. Break even, negative 15. Negative 15. So it's just, he's going to start making cash again. So while I probably would have been considering to moving him on, um, he's now back on the hold list or the wait list. Mm. Um, and Mateus Philippou is one to consider. I don't mind holding him probably for another week if you can. But again, if you're downgrading him to a, um, what's his name, JVR, you're going to get, you know, over 100K there, so it's not the end of the world. Uh, let's move on to the get them in. And these are the guys that we want to be trading in. And this is a much more fun part of the talk of mm. uh, the potty. Uh, let's talk Tom Stewart, 572.8K, yeah. average 92.3 for the season with a break-even of 69. 
the time <laughs> the time to catch up is dinner for two. Uh, yeah. If you can get him in, uh, the time to catch the big cat is now. <laughs> Thankfully, not reaching the 161 break-even that uh, some of us may have thought he may have, but he didn't, thankfully, and instead scored just 92 against the Hawks, mainly because it was just after quarter t- after half-time, it was just the ball wasn't wasn't there. Yeah, exactly. Thank like, God, no opportunity the Hawks. of scoring. So, so the Hawks have done us a favour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it does mean that he has bottomed out in price, a little higher than what we'd hoped, but we've seen what we get with him in terms of ceiling and high floor scoring. Now, the one caveat that we I do have here is that his break-even will – so the 160-whatever it is is going to drop out um, and probably see his break even go up a bit. Yeah. Um, so if you do like to live dangerously, I also like to live dangerously. Uh, you could look to wait, um, and get him down the track a little bit, where he probably goes down a little bit more. But if he scores a one sixty one, like you're done. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a big risk. Him. It's a big big risk. Um, he loves playing as well those smaller grounds. He's going to have a good run at GMHBA when the uh, the cats get back there. So one to get in, I think personally. Yep. And just speaking to that point, you've just made as well about if you want to live dangerously, just to have a look at Supercoach Plus and it gives you an indication of what we mean here. So if he does score, um, a, I guess a poultry by his standards, uh, 103 on the weekend against the Eagles uh, and his break even 69, he's only going to go up, 15.4k and then his break even will creep up to 142 and then if he scores below 100 he'll drop 19.5k and his break even stays around about that 124 mark and then again if he scores below 100 uh so that's the devil's advocate um if he scores similar to what he did today against the hawks yes he may lose what's that 30k or thereabouts um but i mean do you really want to hold off on the chance that maybe he goes below 100 like he did today? Like we said, yeah. the only reason why he didn't go higher than that is because the Hawks just switched off and the, the Cats turned it on. Um, so more than likely, he is going mm-hmm. to score higher than that uh, and lift his average overall. So be jumping on him. Jump on him now if you can, um, unless you've got other immediate issues to address first. But he is top of the list, I think, in terms of trade-ins, in terms of value as well. It's good value. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Uh, moving on to this other guy, and he is absolutely on fire. It is Jordan Dawson, priced at 618.2K, averaging a 132.3, if you don't mind, with a break-even of 67. And I do mind, because I don't have him. And what a game from the Crow Skipper. He was doing it all, and that's why you should be targeting him when you can. Has shown his consistency this season with scores of 97, 110, 114, and 173 on the weekend, but pleasingly, he's not only playing in the midfield, but also getting back to his kick-ins too. He attended 16 CBAs in the weekend and took four kick-ins, playing on from three. So tip of the hat, good boy. No, no, no. Should be better, should be better. Should be four from four. Four from four. Four from four. Okay, we'll be a little bit harder. Four from four, George. What are you doing, mate? I don't know. What what, what would that got him to? 180 maybe? (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) If he hit a target, it went long. But... This gives him the consistent floor. Here I am talking like I know how super coach scoring works. Yeah. <laughs> what an idiot. But this gives him the consistent floor. Uh, but in addition to that, the CBAs gives him the potential for a strong, higher ceiling like we saw on the weekend. Mm. But the irony is, I guess, uh, that Frio chose to tag Laird when they really should have been targeting Dawson, which is what happened last year. We saw uh, later in the year, a lot of opposition coaches were putting time and effort into him and 
they did a number on him. So off the back of this big game, do you reckon it could flip? Do you reckon? I mean, yeah. they faced my mob in Carlton on the weekend, and I can't see if he if he goes into the middle. I can see yes, similar thing happened to what they did with the LDU. They'll play multiple players with him through him. Kerno, we've got Hewitt who has played in defense as well. So maybe, maybe they throw Hewitt into defense and play a negating role yet attacking role, but he have to play a full negating role. Like reckon like with Jordan, the Jordan Dawson, the way Still he performed on the weekend. It, yeah. Yeah. You need, you need to run through him and um, play on him consistently. So be interested to see what happens there. But having said that, he's going to be a tough one to get in because with yeah. that break even of 67, if he scores what he's averaging at the moment, 132, like double his break even, he's going to be a hard one to get in. So you've got to almost weigh it up. And I think for me, I'm happy to almost wait on him. And because of the fact that he has shown that he has been taggable in the past, mm. I'm hopeful, crossing my fingers that someone will tag him um, and I'll target him. Because there are other guys which will roll through as well that are going down in price, like Sicily. He's going down in price. Sinclair's going down in price. They're going to be juicy price, like, sub 600k so i'll be targeting them first and hoping that dawson at some point or another punches yeah. out a stinker and then i can get on him yeah i agree i i don't know i do like the idea of going going at him now 618 i mean 618 still a hefty price to pay yeah it's not value but does he not come down oh no don't i don't know i don't know it's hard. It's hard. It's, it feels like as well, you're kind of chasing the 170. Like, had yeah. he scored, like, he scored 97, 110, 114. If he scored 120, would we be talking about it in the same way? No, nah, exactly. And I think that's the thing. You've got to just remember not to chase points. Um, yeah. I'm not saying he's a bad pick. I'm not saying he's a bad scorer. It's just, yeah, the one I think we're all we're all tempted because of that one seventy three, and I have been tempted by that one seventy three. I must admit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's the thing that now looking at it, he scores. He's one. Yeah, he's got a one thirty two average, but that's only because of that one seventy three. If you take that out, he's averaging what probably around the one one ten mark. Yeah. Yeah, I think at this stage, averages are so skewed by one massive score or one you know really poor score. Um, so we just have to consider that. I don't mind him, but I do think the tag, I think he'll like a game like that on the weekend will attract a tag because people will, you know, coaches will see that and think, mm. okay, need to stop him. Yeah. Um, I don't think tagging Laird is as useful as tagging a Dawson. No, um, he's accumulator. Like he's like a Tom Mitchell. Yeah, Laird. exactly. But just, exactly. just to that, just to that point as well, if we even harp back as early as last year, when we were just referencing just before about the fact that Dawson was tagged at a later stage in the year across round 14, 15 and 16 last year, he scored 140, 134 and 144 against the Suns North and Melbourne. And he went up 30, uh, what's that? 50, 50 K or thereabouts from what, from five, seven, four to six, two, six. And then across the next three weeks, he scored 80, 92 and 93 yeah. when all those teams put time and effort into him and he ended up dropping below the price point of what he was before he started that three run, tier of games um so the money that he made he ended up dropping and then some so if teams do target him and see him as that um that point to um to utilize in terms of trying to negate then uh, mm -hmm. we could see him drop in price point and that's the risk that you take if you jump on him now sure you may uh you may save yourself some cash if he does continue his high scoring 
But again, there's a flip side because he is the second most traded in player at the moment as we record this 6.3% of trades or trade-ins. Um, so it's kind of like a bit of an antipod. If he has a bit of a downer, you've gained on those those coaches and teams that brought him in. So keep yep. that in mind. Yeah, agreed. And just his run plays Carlton, as you said, there could be a there could be a role on him. But then also plays Hawthorne again, a team that could, you know, has McGinnis, um, who could again take that role to him um in round six. Then Collingwood, unlikely, you don't think, and then Geelong. And then I'm not going to run through the rest because yeah. there's no point. But yeah, I guess uh, just one thing to consider that there could be some tags coming and I'd be looking to pay more attention to him if I was uh, one of them, uh, one yep. of the opposition coaches. Uh, moving on, Josh Kelly, uh, 583.4K, averaging 112 with a break-even of 78. And the concussion sub-score, the concussion score where he was subbed out of 80 is now going to be out of his system. And his break even is very, very achievable with a score of, uh, with a, sorry, just at 78. I don't think even in his subbed game, he scored 80. So yeah. uh, looks, looks good. He looks to be one of the choice midfielders at the Giants, um, especially with the scoring pedigree. He's got scores of 148 and 108. If we ignore the the 80 where he was subbed uh, in, the, that was 148 and 108 in his last two. Um we know he also has a very good ceiling. We saw that against the the Blues. Uh, he is one to consider, especially if you're on the hunt for a pod, as he is currently only in 3% of teams. Um, the question would just be, does he finish as a top 10 midfielder? Um, I don't think he... I, I think he has the ability to. I just don't know if he does. It's 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 a tough... It's a tough one to guess at this stage, I, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many so many uh, players uh, competing for those spots of high quality. So it is it is hard to say, but yeah, I, I like him. Uh, he's a he's a good option if you're looking at him. And yes, yeah, a relative pod there as well as you identified. So it's always super handy to have those high scoring pods. But let's move on to the next guy, and it is Luke Ryan, priced at five seventy eight point one k, averaging a one twenty seven point three with a break even of one fifteen. So he's not one that uh, you or I would normally look at, uh, Liam, but. No. Ryan seems to have developed some consistency to his scoring because he hasn't dropped below 100 this season with scores of 171, 122, 105, and 111. You'll snag him for under 600K. The key question will be whether he finishes again, like we said about Kelly, whether or not he finishes the season as a top six to eight defender. In 2022, for example, his scoring was inconsistent with his five lowest scores reading 50, 62, 63, 65, and 70. And his top fives reading as 156, 146, 141, 128, and 128. So the scores also varied week to week. Very rarely did he turn up in consecutive weeks except for a run between round 18 and round 21. So he's not quite a pod either, sitting in 13% of teams. But I think, you know, he's probably uh, taken on the role that we hoped Young would have uh, and the yeah. type of scoring as well at um, a better price point. But I think you're just better off going for one of the other guys, price similarly in Sicily, Stewart or Saad, but especially the first two who have the runs on the board uh, historically and, as we know, are keepers. So I'd like to, uh, I guess, take the safer option in this case here because of the, uh, as we identified there, the, I guess, uh, historical inconsistency in his scoring because even though he's going well at the moment, there's nothing to say that they'll continue over the course of the year. So I'm preferably going for Sicily, a Stewart. And if you're comparing Sard and Ryan, 
I like Saeed's uh, role at the moment. But again, Sicily and Stewart for me. Yeah, I think, I mean, I've, I've thrown in Saad there just because maybe you're thinking he's a pod at 13, but he's, yeah, 13% of teams. I don't mind the idea of going for a pod in a Saad. And that's what we're going to talk about now. Adam Saad, 587.1K, averaging 115 with a break even of 104. And we've seen what Saad has been capable of when playing that dashing role of halfback alongside Doherty. But this season, he has gone to yet another level as he virtually is the sole avenue in that role with Doherty being swung around everywhere. This way, that way. Yeah. Yeah. Never, never, never into a role that actually produces good scoring, though. Yeah. Uh, he has scored 115, 133, 128, and 104 in Adam Facade in that first month of the season. And it should only continue unless Doc does revert back to his role of sharing that, you know halfback, mm. dashing distributor, defender, yeah. yeah, distributor role. He did score 100 plus in 14 of 21 games uh, in 2022 with an average of 103.1. So definitely not outside the realms of, of possibility of um, finishing as a, as, a, as, a, as a top six defender. Still only in 5% of teams. It does present as a nice pod for those looking for one, but is he a keeper or merely fool's gold? And I'm going to be honest, if he averages 103 point, his price point's probably the biggest issue there. 587.1K, as we said, what's this, uh, what's Stuart this round? 572, so he's more expensive than Stuart. I like him for his pod status in less than, you know, in, in only in that 5% of teams. That's probably the only reason I'd get him in. If he was a bit cheaper, I'd probably go for him. Yeah, yep. Alongside a short primos like Stuart, who, yeah. as we know, has the runs on the board, has a high ceiling, has a high floor as well. Um, meanwhile, Saad, I mean, he showed that already he's got a pretty high floor. He hasn't dipped below 100 um, and a high ceiling for those, for the 133 and 128. But um, again, I just liked these guys that, uh, you know, maybe taking another step in their game. I prefer to have a bit more sample size to just make yeah. sure that they have that, that role because with Walsh returning, does that, now I mean that Doherty gets no more CBAs. He's going to be playing that role back what he was in 2022, sharing it with Saad. That will eat into Saad's scoring ceiling and potentially a scoring floor as well. So I would wait if you can, at least for this week. It's only a one-game sample size once Walsh returns to see how things gel. Um, but I wouldn't be pulling the trigger as yet, personally. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. I just think the 103 average last season says that he can still score well. Like a 103 yeah, yeah. average over, you know, 21 games isn't isn't bad for a defender. No. Um, but it's I think the context of the price is probably the bigger issue there. Mm. For me, that's where my sticking point is as opposed to the role or the scoring ability. Yeah. And with a break even of 104, like there's no guarantee, even if he does exceed it, to go up by too much. So I'd be going for Stuart first and foremost. And then at yeah. least by waiting, it gives you more of a sample size. See if things um, pan out. Uh, better or worse or whatever when Walsh returns and see how the flow and effect works there. But let's move on to the next guy. And it is surprisingly to some Samson Ryan, (laughs) Uh, really weird to name him here, but there is good reason. He's priced at 156.5 K averaging just a 47.7 with a break even of 19. And after, yeah, as I said, having a quiet one on the weekend with 44, some are probably thinking, wait, this is, this is a mistake. Why are you considering him as like a potential must have option? 
But with the news that Nank the Tank, as we said, will be out in the medium to long term and Ivan Soldo still out with plantar fasciitis for another couple of weeks at least, it leaves the usual backup in Ryan as Richem's sole ruckman, mm. which will mean, first and foremost, his scoring ceiling will be elevated as the full-time ruck, and so too is his cash generation potential. So he is one to consider despite having already increased in value as he is still at a reasonable price. And being a ruck forward provides cover and boy, do we need it with the ruck carnage <laughs> that we've been having thus far. So provides a bit of um, bit of a two-pronged uh, benefit there, I guess, in getting him in. Yes, 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 yes. Who would have thought, like last week we were going, nope. Like, do not trade him yeah. in. Like, it's not worth it. And now this week we're like, you know what? Where's the upside? Samson yeah. Um <laughs> wow. It's funny how much a week, yeah, a week can change. Um, I like the trade-in. And yep. he's only gone up, what, 30-odd K. Not not too concerned about that. I think some people probably go, oh, you're paying a premium. It, it's not it's not the end of the world. It's only 30K. Um, I think for the, the, the job security that he's going to have now, and the in- increase in scoring potential you'd expect, um, but also his DPP status, that's that's super handy um, at, at this time. Now let's move on to On the Bubble, where we talk about some uh, rookies who, who you can trade in this round. And first up, we have Jacob Van Ruyen, uh, 123.9K, averaging 71 and a break-even of minus 71. Uh, he has scores of 89 and 53 and has shown he has the ability to put up decent enough scores to make some cash. Job security is obviously the chief concern when we talk about Van Ruyen uh, with uh, Ben Brown being assessed this week for a back complaint and Tom McDonald kicking four goals on the weekend. Does he, does he maintain that position? Um, it's hard to know. He does obviously yeah. have the the flex, I guess, of being able to take Ruck. I mean, Tom McDonald, you could argue can take ruck time, but probably limited. Um, I hope he stays in. I hope he stays in. Um, At this stage, he's a watch and see. Um, He is projected to rise 51.2K if he scores just 42 this weekend. So, I mean, nice, nice little price rise there. If, uh, if, if we can, if he can hold his spot. Yeah. And like, just looking longer term as well, if he does say score that, the week after, his break-even is going to be five and then could go up another 16.6K. So um, it might be a bit of a slow burn, as we know yeah. with key position players. But um, the main thing is just the job security. So uh, if he is named this week, I think it's going to be hard to say no because there aren't that many, as we'll go through, rookies on on the horizon, um, especially those in the bubble at the moment. So is slim pickings. We're going to have to take yep. some risks here, which is part of the reason why we mentioned Samson Ryan as a must-have because... Uh, even though he's at a higher price point, he's almost a rookie that's on the bubble. Virtually got to treat him as that. So, yeah, interesting one to look at. But let's move on to Tyler Brockman of the Hawks. He's priced at 123.9K, averaging a 57 with a break-even of negative 43. So injury did hamper his 2022, meaning he was unable to get on the park. But he did work his way into the Hawks' young side for this season. Scored 89 and ended up scoring, uh, what was it, a 20? It was 25. 25. So he ended up getting subbed out of the game in the third quarter. Scored the 25, uh, which will stunt uh, what would have been a nice first price rise uh, if he does play next round. But that's part of the reason because he was subbed out. Don't know if there has, it will come out as to whether or not he sustained an injury. Um, I haven't seen anything as yet. I don't know if, uh, if we've found anything on Twitter, but... 
Must say, just in terms of his job security uh, injury aside, Sam Mitchell's youth policy might see him get an extended run in the side, but his job security longer term is just an unknown because he didn't play. He hasn't played that many games across his career so far. And of course, being subbed out uh, or starting as a sub is a bit of a slight worry. Um, so yeah, he's one probably to bypass at the moment. Wait for some extra news to come out about him. But um, yeah, he might be one to bypass. Um, and again, he's a forward. So uh, all the uh, all the rookies are in the forward line at the moment. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, one, one to consider. Tough one. Didn't have a great game on the weekend, obviously compared to his 89 the week before, which was which was very good. Yeah. Um, moving on to the next option is from Richmond. It is Judson, Judson Clark, 196.7K, averaging 69.5 with a break-even of minus 26. He has shown some decent enough scoring with a 59 and an 80, but does come in at that higher price point. So a downgrade to him, I mean, I don't know, won't even really free up that much cash, or in yeah. some cases may even be a slight upgrade. Um, big concern. He's definitely shown more in his last two matches, though, than what we saw in 2022, where he averaged 44.7 from three games. Um, it is hard to know his job security, and it maybe helps somewhat with Lynch being out with that injury and suspension. I mean, I assume he's going to be injured for longer than he's suspended. Uh, but even then, I, he's sort of that smaller forward. Um, but his higher price point does make it hard to justify the selection. I don't think he loses his spot, but oh. yeah, the, the higher price point is probably a tough one to to take um, for him. Yep. Uh, he is one that I won't be looking at uh, at that price point. Yeah. Um, but let's move on to uh, Lachlan Golland. I guess you pronounce his name, maybe. Maybe I butchered that. Um, <laughs> he's priced at 208.1K, averaging a 61 with a break-even of negative three. So for completeness, we need to mention this guy. Uh, he scored 60 and 62 in his last two games, but coming in at over 200K, he isn't really a downgrade option at this stage. So I reckon it is a pass. Yep. Agreed. Moving on to Jack Bytel, 158.6K, averaging 40.5 with a break-even of 10. He was he scored 71 in his first match, uh, where I think he was also sub, and then scored 11, but has done himself an ankle injury shortly after coming on as the sub on the weekend. Looked pretty nasty. Yeah, did not look good for him. I think he got caught under, um, I can't remember who it was, um, in a tackle. His ankle got caught and oh, yeah. didn't look um, we'll keep you up to date with the news as it comes in, but I uh, don't think it looks good for him. If you do own him, I'd probably be trading him out, um, but I wouldn't be looking to bring him in at this stage. No, exactly right. It's a bit of a shame. Uh, it looked like when he did it, I thought it was a knee initially. I was like, oh yeah. God. And then they replayed it and they showed his ankle like almost right angles underneath, trapped underneath the player who tackled him. Um, so unfortunate for him because he's battled with a few injuries and he would have been a very nice uh, cash cow, I reckon. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not anymore. Uh, moving on to Matthew Johnson of Frio and he's priced at 123.9K, averaging just 19 uh, with a break-even of 33. That's because he's played as the sub in both of his matches, leaving him with scores of 24 and 14. The low scores have absolutely wrecked his future cash generation, meaning yeah. he'll need a half-decent score to kickstart it into motion. And needless to say... Uh, you've got to give him a miss until Freo, first of all, name him in their starting side as his uh, job security at this stage is obviously shaky. But also, uh, there's still the worry that he, uh, even if he is named, uh, he could be subbed out. So uh, a bit of a shot in the foot 
uh, by Frio to all of us super coaches out there because, yeah, he's uh, he might be one. I guess the upside is he could yeah. maybe wait on him uh, because he could yeah. actually go down in price. Yeah, well, he could. He could end up being 120K. Yeah. Like 120. He could be cheaper and give us an opportunity to get him in later. Yeah. Um, Silver but lines. yeah. I don't know. Yep. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, let's move on to the weight category. And these are guys that you don't need to trade in this week, but you need to keep in mind for future, future weeks. Mm. Um, and first up we have Jack Sinclair, 576.9 K averaging 101 with a break even of 154. Now he has bounced back from a 63 last week to punch out a 113 against the Suns. Now he did drop in price courtesy of that 63 and in more pleasing news for non-owners that 63 will be in his price rotation for one more week meaning his price could drop another 30k making him a bargain at 540 odd k now he looks as much a keeper as last season with scores 104 123 and 133 with that 63 aside and we know that that's what you're going to get from him you'll get those really high ceiling scores but you will get that 63, 70, 80 odd scattered through when he, you know, gets tagged or he does a tagging job. Um, sort of plays a bit more accountably in the defense defensive line. Yep. I'm rubbing my hands together to bring him in at around about yep. 540 odd um, in a week or two. So uh, looking forward to that very much. So, uh, let's move on to James Sicily. He's priced at 580.6K as you shake your head, Liam, and for good reason. Uh, he's averaging 99.5 with a break-even now of 145. And you shake your head, Liam, because you brought him in, as you mentioned earlier. And he's, after, I guess, dropping 16.3K last week and being restricted to 76 against the Cats now, his price is now in free fall, leaving non-owners licking their chops like myself. I'm... That's kind of creepy. Apologies for that. Um, but yeah, he uh, he's he's going to um, he's going to be a juicy price. He drops twenty seven point eight k now after that score against the Cats and could bottom out within three or so weeks, if not more. So definitely one to wait for, giving greater time for rookies mm. to appreciate in price. And looking at Supercoach Plus, uh, they have him potentially if he scores a sub hundred again uh, again again sorry uh, for the next two weeks. If he scores 92 at 97, they project him to drop 23.8 and a 24.4. So uh, well over 45K over the next couple of weeks. Um, be quite juicy. So I'd be around about that 530 uh, mark thereabouts. So gee whiz. Gee whiz. Sorry, Liam. I'm moving on. Uh... <laughs> I like it. Good work. <laughs> Let's talk Stephen Caniglio. I don't want to talk about Jesus. You're like that dog, that meme having flashbacks to Nam. <laughs> <laughs> you were staring off into space for those people tuning into the podcast for that uh, that that dead air, that silence. That was just Liam just reflecting upon the fact. <laughs> I was the so I was I the know. other dog as well in the eating his drinking his tea like in the house. Oh, yeah. like, like it's fine. Yeah, everything's yeah. fine. <laughs> oh, uh, moving on, Stephen Caniglio. 516.0k, just one to 516k on the dot, averaging 94.8 with a break even of 167. Now, owners may be considering punting him out of pure frustration, and that is fair enough. But yeah. he is definitely one to stick with, despite scoring just 71 against the Dons, given he showed what he is capable of with 
143 and 107 in his opening two games. With his 58 sticking in the cycle uh, for another week and the 71 sticking around for another two, unfortunately, his price will drop to a tantalizing sub 500k. Who would have thought? Hey, look at us. Look at us. Huh? Who would have thought? Not me. Who would have thought? Not me. <laughs> I mean, Poor Rod. And I guess for owners, he the role isn't hasn't changed from what I no. what I can see. So no. it's not like a Doherty who mm. we all got in under the proviso that he was going to continue on with his role. Ridley the same. I actually think Cogs is one you have to kind of hold because mm. it looks like it's just an issue of form, I guess, for want of a better term. Like yeah. n- not not a straight form, but just it's it's not role related. Yeah, it's nothing to do with that. And I think, unfortunately, you're just going to ride the bumps with some players that are actually keepers. Um, and he's one of them. Yeah, he's a, he's a definite keeper in the forward line. And just because there's no one else that can really push him out of the top six spot, like there's there's Dunks, there's Taranto, Rosie, uh, Goulden potentially, um, and then Cogs, and then like who else? Like we still don't know yeah. who the top, uh, who the F6 forward's going to be. Um so I think, yeah, stick, stick hold of him. Uh, he could bottom out for, for non-owners uh, in a couple of weeks if he has another couple of scores sub 100. Uh, round six could drop down to 478. So that would be a very, very juicy service, a fair bit of cash and uh, nice little upgrade option there. But Liam, now is a little conundrum that we're, we're posing um, yeah. because a lot of people have these two players and it's what to do with Setterfield and Hopper. And I have both of those players, so I can talk to both of those. But there are some coaches out there that have either or. So let's start off with talking about Jacob Hopper. And he is priced at 364.1K, averaging an 87 with a break-even of 15. And for me, I'm going to hold him and hold him ahead of Setterfield. The pure fact that Setterfield is worth uh, 80K more, almost on the nose. And um, he's break-even, Setterfield is 85 and a hopper is 15. So we'll speak to Setterfield in a second, but it's probably combining both in one for me. <laughs> but uh, but hopper has that break even of 15 and he's averaging 87. If he uh, scores around about 80 odd, uh, he's going to go up another 30K or thereabouts. So here's one still to, to churn out and squeeze out a little bit more cash from uh, before you trade him in. And I'll be using him as a stepping stone potentially to someone like a Sinclair or thereabouts. Agreed. If I don't own hopper, um, personally, uh, but if I did, I would be holding him this week. Break even to fifteen, no concern there. Still good. Mm. Matt Cash to be made. Uh, probably works out well that he had that week off with injury in the end. Um, for owners of both Hopper and Setters, because you can trade Setters this week and then trade Hopper next week. Um, which is probably quite useful. Um, I will jump into Will Satterfield there. I don't think there's anything more to say about Hopper there. I think hold is the obvious answer. Um, I think you can trade him if if it's really going to benefit your side, if you need to be aggressive. Yeah. Um, but like, I don't think it's like a must trade. Um, I think when it comes to Will Satterfield, priced at 444K, averaging 103.8 with a break-even of 85. When it comes to setters, I think it's more leans towards trade. Like if, yep. if you said to me, own both, who do you trade? I'd trade setters. Um, his break even is 85. It's crept up. Um, yes, he's averaging 103.8, but it's really just based off one really strong score. Yeah, the 147 um, round two, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I will say I think he didn't score as well as he should have this round. I think he probably should have been rewarded for his tackles a little bit more. Um, it was just a weird game in terms of uh, low free kick count. Um, and they kind of just let a lot go um, in terms of tackles both ways. Um, it was a bit strange. But Setters led the way for tackles um, for the Dons. I think even for the game, um, he, he looked quite... Quite good. So I think he's a trade or a hold. I'm not set on having to trade him. I think should he should make – I don't think he'll go down much if he does go down at all. No. Um, but, yeah, I it either works. I personally probably going to be hold, uh, trading him out this week. Um, he has made cash. He's, un- he's made just under 100K, so he's done his job. It's time to, time to put him out to pasture. Yeah, and time to go. I remember, we'll set a goat. Uh, yes, exactly. Put him on the put him on the wall of put him in the in the, in the album of, of, of uh, cash the cows that we cash cows. yeah cash cows are fame yeah the mid prices are fame yeah. he's uh he's done his job an absolute goat um so I will be bidding him a Jew as well putting him out to pasture literally to pasture he'll be out there eating grass and everything else as goats do apparently um and he'll be having the time of his life so thank you. Will set a field, and uh, I hope you have a fabulous career at Essendon. But I just hope you don't win a flag with him. Thank you, <laughs> as a Carlton man. Um, but no, nah, it's it's good to see him uh, performing quite well. But yeah, for me, he's my ticket. As I've said uh, to to Stuart, he's done his job. That was kind of what I earmarked him as um, when I brought him in. Was my ticket to a to a fallen primo, and Stuart is that man. So he has done the job for me well and truly. So that yes. uh, pretty much sums it up, doesn't it, Liam? Yeah. So agreed. Now is the time for the next segment, and it is Liam. Oh! I'm the captain now. Look at me! I'm the captain now. <laughs> That's true. Actually, maybe, I maybe, am we do, the maybe we do now. that. Maybe we do that, like from week to week, where the person who is the captain, because like we don't know the suspense. Mm. Whoever is the captain, wax on the captain's hat, which I've got mine here, which I can't wear, unfortunately. I was Ooh. I was keen on wearing it. Has to intro the uh has to intro the segment. So I like that. You get you get the uh the royalties the, of doing that. Yeah, I do like it. I do like that mm. idea. Yep, very nice. Fits you well, eh? Oh, thank you. Thank you. Now in I'm the captain now. We chat about our VC and C options uh that you got for the coming upcoming round of Supercoach. And as always, we scrounge through the data. We go through it all. And we find the best options for you to consider. Um, and we'll chat about our little head-to-head later in the segment. Uh, but let's kick off with some vice-captaincy options. And we have on Thursday night, 7.40 at Adelaide Oval. This is gather round, so all the games are in Adelaide. So just, yeah, I don't know. If, if you're someone that likes to look at historical averages at stadiums, keep that in mind. Uh, yep. Rory Laird. Uh, is our first option. He has an average of 128 in his last four against the Blues with scores of 123, 144, 109, and 136. So nice nice little scoring average there. Yep, definite option there, Rory Squared. Uh, next up is his uh, teammate in Jordan Dawson. And he has an average of 117.25 in his last four games against the Blues with scores of 134, 126, 96, and 113. Comes into the game with scores uh, of 97, 110, 114, and that mammoth 173. Um, so, yeah, I guess the question is, will Carlton put a uh, bit of time and effort into quelling him? So keep that in mind. Mm. Now, next up, we have in the same game, Paddy Cripps. 
He's an average of 115 in his last four against the Crows, but scores of 151, 146, oh. 65, and 98. Really dragging that average down. Yeah. Uh, both the 151 and 146 should be noted. It came, they came in the last in his two games against the Crows last year. And he has his second best average against of any side against the Crows. So it's all coming up Crips uh, with 114.1 from 10 outings. That's his average against the Crows. Um, the Crows also give away the third most points to opposition inside mids. Ah. So something else for, for owners of, of Cripper to consider. Yeah, a bit of a matchup edge there. I like that from Supercoach yes. Edge. Uh, mm. If we do say so ourselves. <laughs> uh, but moving on to Lockie Neal, who faces North Melbourne on Saturday at 1.10 p.m. in Adelaide Hills. And uh, we're with uh, the, the Centre Bounce crew uh, on their live review of the round that was. And um, they were querying, where's Adelaide Hills? And I, I'd suggest maybe it was where JFK was uh, was sniped from, you know, on the, uh, <laughs> what do they call it? The, uh, what do they call it? The, the grassy knoll. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I was so thinking it might have been like Beverly Hills, you know, like maybe it's the up. Oh, yeah. That's where you want to be? Yeah, Living that's what that's, that's I'm playing in my head right now. <laughs> <laughs> Adelaide Hills, that's where they want to be. Uh, so has an average of 134 <sighs> in his last four games against the Roos with scores of 105, 156, 135, and 140. Ooh. So North also give away the second most points to opposition inside midfielders. So with that average and that stat, could be a juicy VC option. Mm. Mm. Very juicy. juicy. Love some juice. Uh, moving on to Luke Davies, <laughs> Uniaki in the same game, but on the opposite side, also playing in our Beverly, sorry, Adelaide Hills. Uh, <laughs> he has an average of 98 in his last three against the Lions with scores of 90, 86 and 118. So he's only played three against the, uh, against Brizzy. Uh, but the Lions just uh, just to keep in mind, are the third stingiest team for opposition inside mids. So might scare might scare you away from the VC uh, on LDU. Yes, yeah, interesting. Also, Adelaide Hills could be like Beverly Hills Cop, you know, with uh, the classic films <laughs> with Eddie Murphy. I won't I won't put the, the song in because it'll probably flag us on YouTube, no doubt. Um, but the next option to consider and speaks for itself, this bloke, the absolute pig that he is. Absolute pig. Just stop pigging up. No, I, I actually... Wait, wait till you read this. Wait till you read this. Okay. Well, Clary Oliver <laughs> faces your mob in the Dons uh, on Saturday at 4.10 p.m. at Ayo, Adelaide Oval. Not uh, not the Oz Open, Adelaide Oval. Uh, has an average of 114.5 in his last four games against your mob with scores of 146, 105, 112, and 95. And that 146 last season was his only captaincy-worthy score with the next against best the being yeah, against the Dons of those uh, of those scores that he's had, with the next best being 112 and 108. Has his third lowest average against the Dons of any other side. Yeah. Mm. And it don't give away big scores to opposition inside mids. Oh, this bodes well for us non-owners. I know, that's We're what, rubbing that's our what, hands what together. I'm hoping. I'm hoping yeah. for. <laughs> oh, this is, uh, this is amazing. It's all coming up. It's all coming up. Non-owners, I don't. I didn't have a name up, for us. <laughs> Non-pig. Non We're going to be frying up some some bacon potentially. And I reckon, yeah, I, I actually, I don't know. And now he's going to come out and score like one seventy. Look, he loves Adelaide Oval. Yeah. Oh yeah, does he <sighs> ever? He loves Adelaide. Yeah. Let's not let's not mention that. Let's just channel our thoughts into him having a downer. <laughs> yeah. 
Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Let's move on to some captaincy options. And first up, we have Marcus Bontembali, uh against Port Adelaide on Saturday at 7.50 at Adelaide Oval. And he has an average of 109.75 in his last four games against the Power with scores of 128, 67, 114, and 130. Now, Port also give away the least points to inside mids. Um, but they also don't give away many points to general forwards. So I'm just, you know, forecasting. What does Bevo do? Does he chuck him in the midfield? Does chuck him forward? So keep that in mind for Bont. We're not, it's not looking positive for him in either, either position. Oh yeah. It's, um, it's one that uh, almost did us over and annoyed me because did you, did you have him as, uh, as your C or VC? No, I had Laird. So I wish I had Bont. Ah. Oh. Oh, okay. Well, I probably shouldn't complain in that context then, but he was headed for like an absolute blinder. Yeah. Ah, uh, freaking fucking Bevo, you bastard. Anyway, um, let's move on to his uh, teammate in Tim English. Uh, and he has an average of 71 in his last three games against the Power with scores of 49, Ooh. 93, and 71. Has only oh. played them those three times and the most recent <laughs> encounter was 2021. But comes into this game, Above all else, with scores of 134, <laughs> 139, 139, and 141. Hasn't dropped below 134. Up. He's just going up. Just roller coaster. <laughs> but he's uh, on a roller coaster. He's about, he's like ascending like at the start of the roller coaster. And then he's about to just take that keeps going. No, no. He just keeps going. No. <laughs> to the clouds. <laughs> See you, buddy. See you, Timmy. And to top <sighs> it off, though, Port give away the third most points to opposition rocks. So it literally is into the clouds. Catch him, mate. He's about he's about to take his drop, but it, yeah, yeah, it's so going come by up, that. Timmy. Yeah, Timmy. Timmy <laughs> from South Park. Um, yeah, so that's that. Oh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I need him in my side. Uh, yep. Moving on to Sunday, 3.20 at Norwood Oval. We're really Jesus. really just trying to find... Isn't the Sandful team playing there at that time? What's mm-hmm. going on? You would have thought so. Um, he has an average of... Uh, sorry, Josh Kelly. I didn't even tell you the player. Josh Kelly yeah. against Hawthorne, Sunday, 3.20. He has an average of 125 in his last four against the Hawks. Scores of 121, 103, 122, and 154. Comes into the round with scores of 80, which was obviously concussion affected, 148 and 108. But, oh, sorry. Hawthorne give away the fourth least points to opposition inside mids. And will, I don't know, Finn? Finn McGuinness, I think his name is. Yes, Finn uh, Be used as the tag on Josh Kelly. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. I tried to keep my laugh in, but that uh, it sounded like you were a bit, of, uh, a bit of a bit of Clary Oliver there. Just just yeah. a bit of, uh, just gorging on points, just picking it up. Yeah, just picking like it that up. That was good. <laughs> that could be Josh Kelly. That that could be an omen. Maybe maybe could Kelly, be. Could be. Kelly. Kelly pigs it up. Um but yeah, interesting. Magic Maginus. What's his name? McGinnis. <laughs> Just Every time I read it as Maginus, Maginus. I don't know why. Yeah, but stupid brain. It should be Maginus. Um, <laughs> reminds me of Vagiclean from <laughs> Make Myself and Irene. <laughs> Vagiclean, huh? What's the matter, honey? A little extra cheese on the taco? Price check on Vagiclean. Aisle five. That's Vagiclean. We got a customer down here with a full-on fallopian fungus. She's baking a loaf of bread and I think it's sourdough. Put a rush on that. There we go. There's I've, I've shoehorned a um me myself and Irene referencing for uh, one of our oh. Discord members there. Um, <laughs> classic. But um 
yeah, whether or not he tags. He was supposed to tag Stuart because Sam Mitchell came out and he said, oh, he might, uh, McGuinness might come out and do, you know, spend some time, maybe a quarter or two on Stuart. Didn't do it. Maybe because they were just smashing it in the first half and they figured, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, we'll just keep going. But didn't happen. But that's one to look out for, for sure. Uh, but let's move on to James Sicily versus mm. the Giants on Sunday at 3.20 p.m. Again, Nord Oval. Hopefully it's not too torn up. Uh, has an average of 120.5 in his last four games against the Giants with scores of 139, 44, 105, and 140. Uh, they do give away the fourth least points to designated kick and takers. So it won't be a massive source for the Sicilian, um, you would think. So hopefully he can rebound, though, for your sake as well, Liam, as an owner, a new owner, uh, and bounce back with a nice score against the Giants. Hope so. Not not feeling great. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's move on to Nick Nick Dacos, someone that, mm. yeah, could pique some interest. Uh, yep. Against St. Kilda on Sunday at 4.50 p.m. at Adelaide Oval. He's played the Saints just once. It's for a score of 98 last season. Comes into this game with scores of 129, 149, 109, and 151. Big news here, though, is that the Saints give away the second most points to opposition wing defenders, which Ooh. will benefit Dacos greatly. I am licking my absolute chops for this because I've been waiting and waiting <laughs> to put the VC on him, but I can't for this case because he's playing Sunday. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to have to roll the dice with the C. And I am very, very tempted because I'm kicking myself because I was very close to putting the the VC on Dacos and didn't and missed out on a 151 that I would have claimed. So I reckon here he is, as we've seen, like the teams that have matched up, even on the weekend, the Suns, mm. I was probably the first maybe quarter and a half, two quarters before the Suns changed the game plan, but they were chipping back and forth with defenders um, and still they started just kicking aimlessly down the line and ruined it. But I think with the, with the Pies playing on so quickly, could bode well. We know well, the chain the chain of possessions that uh, Dacos likes to have, likes to start the chain, then run on for a handball, then run down the line for a mark and a kick, and then run into forward 50 and kick a couple of goals like he did in the weekend. Like he is an absolute machine. And yeah, he could benefit from this matchup as well as the, um, I guess, the lack of attention that he's getting from opposition coaches. And you think that will continue? Maybe? Win Hager, he's playing. Could he do a number? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. No, I'm backing him in. I'm backing him in. I'd back him in too. Which leads us, Liam, as a bit of a segue into our captaincy head-to-head. Shall you be honest? Yes, I've taken the Chockies again this week. It's the only thing I can do. I picked uh, Brody (laughs) Grundy. You took Clary. Even though I can't can't actually pick an actual captain for my own side. Again, (laughs) I had Laird. Uh, I had Aldi you into Laird. Um, What else have I done? Uh, yeah, I don't think I can't remember a week where I've had a decent captain score. Um, but that's beside the point. I'm doing well here. You're doing well here, so that's all that matters. That's all yeah. that matters. You've uh, <sighs> you've you've got a bit of a one up on me. Um, yeah. I've got Points. the one up on the um or two up on our head to head overall in points. Um, and you've got uh, one up on me uh now two up actually in our head to head because I am the up. captain now. I oh, just one up. Okay, okay, we'll take it. I've got two wins. You got one. And as we alternate the first selection, you've got the first yes. choice this week, as I did it last week. Who will be your choice? Who are you going with? And remember, you can't pick the same player as last week. Now, listeners last week may have, might have remembered that I actually was looking ahead 
I forecast, mm. and I decided to forego a certain player so that I could pick this week. Oh, but yes. I decided against that. It was actually Patrick Cripps. I was going to take Patrick Cripps. Okay. But now that I've looked into the numbers a bit more, I've decided that I don't care about Patrick Cripps. I'm going to go with uh, Timmy English Ooh. against the power. And should say as well, Hodada scored 125 against them on the weekend. Continued his, mm. uh, his nice turnaround in form. So, ah, uh, could this... Uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. English Breakfast, um, dine out on the Z Crows. Oh, sorry, yes, the power. But... Yeah, sorry, the power. The power. Playing the power. Sorry, got the uh, got the Adelaide teams mixed up. Slap on the wrist for me. Uh, but still, could do well. Yes, he could do well. Could do well. Uh, but what about you, David? Who are you? What are you doing? Uh, I'm tossing up between Laird, Neil, and Dacos, and I can guarantee the guy that I select. Uh, will be the lowest scorer of these three. So let's uh, let's look up, look back on this in a week's time. But if anyone has a three-sided coin to flip, that'll probably be most handy. But uh, I'll have a little bit of fun here and I'll go for Dakes because chances Ooh, are I like probably it. won't go for him considering that he's playing that uh, that late game on Sunday. So I'm going to go for Dakes. Lock him in. I love it. I'm going to go for Dakes in my actual team. Oh, your actual team. Okay. I reckon that's my plan at this stage. Interesting. Okay. I don't care about the last game of the round. It doesn't bother me. I'll VC him as well. Well, Hodor actually uh, bucked that trend, remember? The last game yes. of the round. Came yep. out and that smashed it. Albeit against a, a bloody inanimate carbon rod, uh, aka West Coast Ruckman. Yes. Um, that is a very good point. How do we stand in terms of our, uh, our table, our head to head? Yep. So let's have a quick look. Uh, wins and losses, Damon. You've got one win for two losses. Obviously, I've got the two wins then with one loss. And you're on 345 total points. And I am on 383. So just under 40-point difference. Yeah, and it was a 23-point differential on the weekend. Grundy over Oliver. 144 yep. Grundy, 121 Oliver. Uh, so as, as we were discussing last week, uh, there would have been a correlation there because Grundy hit us to advantage, mm-hmm. sort of offsetting the uh, points that uh, Oliver gets uh, as clearances, contested possessions, all that sort of stuff. But, geez, Grundy did more work around the ground without Oliver. So tip of the cap. Tip of the uh, caps in the cap to you, Liam. Well done. Uh, next Thank up, you. we usually have our normal segment, but we have reserved it in this case for our Team Talk mini episodes. Uh, and that segment, Liam, is called... What's it called? Nice. I got to know. <laughs> hey, I got to know. Oh, you set me up there. I thought you were going to join in. <laughs> but it is, of course, for those people tuning in for the first time, uh, it is where we throw it open to you, the good folk of the Supercoach Edge community, where you throw some questions our way and uh, we throw them back at you with some answers. Uh, so yes, we will be covering these off in our individual team talk mini episodes. So yeah. we will whack up a post on Twitter and Facebook. So feel free to flick across any questions after you've listened to this or watched this episode. Mm. Uh, if you'd like any questions answered, or if you just want to hit us up outside of our episodes as well, feel free to do so as well. But, uh, before we wrap things up, let's run through our Supercoach edge cup group results after round four, Liam. Yes, uh, so our Supercoach Edge Cup public group leader uh, for the second consecutive week. No, not anymore. Oh, it's not. No, it's, oh, no, it's changed. It's changed. Who is it? Who is they it? now sit in second place. The new first group leader oh. is Rehab with their team, Colin Good. 
uh, their round score of 2,248, a total score of 8,899, with an overall rank of 219. And the top scorer... Yeah, very nice there. And the top scorer for the week was Desi with their team, St. Power. Uh, They had a massive score of 2,385, which saw them finish 62nd for the round. Very nice, very nice. I must mention as well that Rehab, I actually know him because he's in... He's in uh, the usual uh, cash league that I'm in, Hot Shots, uh, yes. who is also mates with uh, one of our uh, big followers, big friends of the show in JP. So believe Very it or nice. not, it's a bit of a, bit of a, what do you call it? Uh, seven degrees of separation or whatever it is, six degrees of separation of Kevin Bacon. What do they call it? I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it just means that I'm connected with the guy that is top of the leaderboard for our public lead at the moment. But yeah. Um, Let's move on to our Patreon exclusive group where the leader is, oh, it's Prestitutes Inc. again. Yeah. With a round score of 2,235 with a total score of 8,693. Um, and that was also the top scorer for the round. So a double header there. So yeah. well done, uh, T of Prestitutes Inc. What about yes. uh, in terms of our Patreon exclusive Supercoach yes. Cash League? Yep, the results looked a little like this. Not a little, just exactly like this. Uh, Dylan with his team, Popper Ball FC, were defeated by Matthew Tun618. Uh, Damon, you were defeated by mm. the Sharpshooters. Oh, yes. I was absolutely- uh, the Sharpshooters uh, by, yeah, little margin there. Yes. Uh, black on white. Bit. <laughs> yeah, a bit there. Uh, black on white, Scott Arthur was de- uh, defeated. Carps crushes Wade, uh, and I was defeated by Tankers, uh, our father-in-law, Peter. I don't think I've ever beaten him. Not once. Not once. No, that's beaten. true. Every time. Every time. Right in front of me. I think the last <laughs> time was, was actually during my wedding, wasn't it? Yeah, yep. And uh, yep. that was that was the side talking point of the wedding. Everyone's whispers going around like, "Oh, he's beating who?" And and you you, you did yourself and him a solid by by tanking, uh, mm, taking his yes. uh, his name uh, potentially <laughs> to give him the win. But no, no, he's he's uh, he's yeah, he's what is it three? You reckon it's three nil, four nil? Yeah, how many times? I think it's about three nil. It's definitely about yeah. three nil. Interesting. Uh, and what what about uh, in terms of the table? How are things looking at the uh, the top the top four of the of the eight that we've got in the league? Yeah, the top four is looking great. Uh, back black, uh, Scott Arthur sits pretty with three wins uh, and no losses uh, mm. on top of the ladder. Black on, uh, with his team black on white. Matthew sits in second place. Ton six one eight with two wins one loss. Carps crushes Wade two wins one loss. And in fourth place we have Brett with his team the Sharpshooters also two wins and one loss. Yes, and uh, I'm marooned on one win at the Oof. moment. Um, winning out of uh, out of the top four, and Liam, you're uh, two wins out of the uh, top four. Um, yeah, sitting uh, sitting with zero wins and three losses. <laughs> You'll be back, don't yeah. worry. You'll be back. Someone's Classic. gonna, yeah, someone's, someone's gonna, gonna do it. It's like when you're at a wedding and, uh, you know, there's tables everywhere and there's there's a table in the corner. Someone's gonna take that <laughs> table in the back room. <laughs> Bit of an inside gag there. Um, oh. But that does bring us to the end of the show, Liam. <laughs> but before we go, where can our listeners find us across our social oh. channels? <laughs> yes, uh, on YouTube, search Supercoach Edge, and don't forget to like and subscribe. 
on Twitter, search at supercoach underscore edge, David at, at Damo J88, myself at, at Liam Evans underscore 95, and Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. If you search for Supercoach Edge, that is where we will be. Absolutely. And uh, we are trying to boost our subscriber numbers, of course, on YouTube. We're trying to hit the lofty mark of 1K by the end of the season. Um, I think we're around about, it's, it is climbing, thankfully. Uh, mm. and, and thanks to you good folk out there for, for doing so. Uh, we're in about 688 or thereabouts, I think, last check. Um, so if you can jump across, uh, if you're listening to our podcast, jump across to YouTube and support us by subscribing. Nothing more, nothing less is uh, what we ask of you. If you can do that, absolutely amazing. Uh, and also tune in as well, as we've said, to our um, our Team Talk episodes, our mini episodes that we will be doing um, post this full episode, which is YouTube, again, exclusive. So check that out. But that is it for another episode. Thanks, as always, for tuning in and all the best for the round ahead as we all gather around in Adelaide. Uh, hopefully, we can all dine out and, uh, yeah, get some uh, nice scores uh, for mm. once coming out of a week and, and maybe climb maybe a bit higher than uh, than three or four K spots um, yeah. so we can get into That'd the top nice. 10K. It'd be very nice, wouldn't it? Uh, nice. But until then, we'll catch you same time, same place. We'll see you then. See you guys.